0: So, we've been looking at a series over the last few weeks about what we value. We're looking at family church values. And not just a list of why well, we value this and we value that, but what we value, why we value it, why we place value in it. And today we want to talk about um, the value we have in family, and particularly the family of God. You know, the family of God, this is a place where, where you are welcome. Where you are welcome, where, where, where your presence is desired, where your absence is felt we we God, absolutely, isn't it? It is. It's, it's a place of sanctuary. The family of God is, and ought to be, a sanctuary in this crazy world, right? Yeah. Its foundation is love. Think about it. Like the, like the psalmist said, Selah, pause, think. The foundation, the bedrock of the family of God is based on love. Its purpose is to, and it is, is, is to be a place of belonging, a place of safety, a place of security, a place of sharing and caring, a place of nurturing, of building, of encouraging. And with all, within all of this, there is the, the provision, there's correction, there's direction, but all within the, the context of being a, a place of love that God created. God is love. God is love, the Bible tells us. And family is supposed to be an expression of who God is. John Bible says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we might be saved. Relationship in heaven, the father and the son. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6. And now we know it as the Lord's prayer, but actually more correctly, it should be called the disciples' prayer. Jesus' prayer was in John 17, but Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. And he says, what did he say? Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10 there. Um, he says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father, our Father, corporate, not my Father, our Father, we're in a family together, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father, it implies family you know, in John 14, just after the Last Supper, Jesus told the disciples, I'm, I'm going away, and where I'm going, you can't follow now. And they all get a little bit freaked out, as you can imagine. You've been walking with Jesus for three years, and suddenly he says, I'm leaving, guys. And you think, what? <laughs> where are you going? How are you going? And they get a bit freaked out. They said, where are you going? How, how are we going to find you? And Jesus replies to them, and he says, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you in my father's house. Now, we know that a house represents a family, a household of, of Dave, a household of Andrews. It's your household, it's your family. I'm going to prepare a place for you, my father's house. And, and they said, but how, and how are we going to get there? How are we going to find the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus says, you'll go there through me. And if we look at John chapter 1, verse 11, it explains, 11 and 12, explains it. Perhaps just a little bit more clearer. How do we get to the Father? The disciples say to Jesus. Well, John 1.11 says, talking of Jesus, it says, he came to his own, and his own didn't receive him. Isn't that tragic? Jesus came to his own, his own didn't receive him. But as many as received him, to all who received him, another version says, to them, he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And that believing is, implies to trust and to rely on, to, to obey Another another, uh, verse, Galatians 3, verses 26 to 28, says, now in context of, how do we get to the Father? For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. We are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Where there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one. One what? One family in Christ. So the way to the Father is through the Son. The way to the Father's family is through the Son. And so salvation, this is what we call salvation, right? If you've been in church a while, you know. Salvation is when we are accepted, when when, when we receive the Son, when we accept Him, then we are accepted. And so that salvation is instant. But then working out that salvation takes the rest of our life, doesn't it? Learning as we are changed progressively, progressively, bit by bit more and more to become like Jesus which is what we are created to be we have been predestined to be conformed to his image right sure. so we want to become more like Jesus you know what's the point of just being a Christian and just carrying on behaving and being the way we were you know uh, I think that's has got to be a miserable life you know we want to become more like him we want to be engaged with him and so there is great value we place great value in family but the value in a family isn't realized automatically. You know, you, 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 you don't get the value of, of a family automatically. And I know this might sound simplistic, and perhaps it is, right? But the, only, the value is only found within the confines of the family, right? It's, 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 um, it's not a spectator sport. Family isn't a spectator sport. It's something that you're a vital part of you meant to be a vital part of your family, your, 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 your natural family, your spiritual family. We have to be a vital, we are, we're called to be a vital part of it. And the family doesn't exist to wait on you. <laughs> Oops, if, if, I, if, I, if I step on any toes, just say, oh me or oh my or amen, I don't mind which one, right? But, but you know what? Your family, your natural family and your spiritual family doesn't exist to serve you and to wait on you, okay? It's just the truth, right? Okay, At the same time, you're not a slave. You're called to be a son and not a slave to everybody else either. So, so mothers, stop washing all the t- dishes and let the kids help, right? Let everybody in the family play their part, right? Because we're called, everybody is called to play their part. The only way to get value out of a family is to be an active part of it. It's almost like like family is a verb. It's like a doing word, isn't it? Just something you do. It's not something you are. We, we do life together. We're not all life together, right? A, a family is a verb. It's a doing thing. So... Stay with me, okay, you okay so far? <laughs> Hallelujah, Sandy, that's why I put her on the front row. You hear what she said? You hear what she said? Okay, so stay with me. So, now Jesus says, okay, Jesus says, pray that, um, we, we, we look there at, at, at the disciples' prayer, and so Jesus says, pray that the will of the Father might be done on earth as in heaven. Now, the reason I think is pretty obvious, right? Because heaven, everything is perfect. Everything is good in heaven, Right? But it's uh, perfect in heaven be- because God's will and God's ways are being perfectly followed, right? The problem with earth <laughs> is us, right? Imperfect people, imperfect people living in an imperfect world. Nothing is perfect down here, so far from it. And, and that imperfection is just mm, exasperated, exasper- exasperated, What's blah. you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> by the worse. fact that, by, made worse, thank you love made worse by the fact that we aren't always living in God's ways. We want to live our ways. You hurt me, I want to get even or defend myself in some manner. But God says forgive. God's got ways that are higher than our ways, just so much better than our ways. And we grow in this journey. We get saved instantly. Boom! You, you're, you're forgiven, you're cleansed, you're a child of God, a son and a daughter of God. But now I learn to trust Him more and more. And as I grow in my trust of Him, I do his ways more. If I trust him, I'll obey him. I'll follow. In other words, I'll follow. It's not just an obedience thing, thou must. But it's it's a thing of, I trust your way. If you said, okay, just they've hurt me, I'm just going to love them in return. I'm going to pray for them in return. I trust you that you're going to see it through for my good in the end. And he always does. But it's a journey. It's a journey of learning to grow in trust of God and God's ways, right? Now, as we said so earth nothing is perfect not even not even the family of god it's, it's full of us imperfect people and like they say if you ever find a perfect church please don't join it because you'll ruin it right <laughs> because you're not perfect none of us are perfect so there is no perfection down here and, and you know what but this is nothing new you know we find it in our families in our natural families there's sibling rivalry there's things that just go wrong um, we find it in spiritual family as well, yes. in the spiritual household of God, because we are all imperfect. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. This is a spectator sport, like I said. No, anyway, <laughs> carry on. Carry on. So, but we, we are imperfect people living in this imperfect world, and this is nothing new. You know, you find this throughout the Bible. You can go back to like Cain and Abel. We won't even go there because this is a family service today, right? But Cain and Abel, the first family. What happened with Cain and Abel? What happened with, with who was it, um, Jacob and Esau? Now, Jacob and Esau, these are the grandsons of Abraham. Abraham's the father of faith. Jacob, if you know anything of the story of Jacob, who would later become known as Israel, the father of the nation of Israel, his star, Jacob, he was, no, he was a deceiver. He was, he, was a, he was a little swindler. He swindled his own brother out of his inheritance. He went and deceived, his father was on his deathbed, could hardly see, hardly hear. He pretended to be his brother and got the, the inheritance of the firstborn, pretending to be his older brother. Now, Jewish tradition and custom, what they did was, the firstborn son of the family always got a double portion. So there was two of them, there was Jacob and Esau. So rightly what would have happened was that the, the inheritance would be divided into three, right? And the firstborn would get two portions of it, and the other would get one portion. He gets a double portion of the inheritance. So Jacob, being a greedy little man he was, went and pretended to be his brother and stole the inheritance. This is Bible. Talk about sibling rivalry. Hey? Talk about imperfect people in the Bible. Never mind just in our lives, right? And he has to flee. He has to go flee and live in a far country for years and years because his brother wants to kill him. He has to come back and give him gifts and appease him. And, you know, what about, what about Absalom and his son? Never mind sibling rivalry. David rather, David, King David, he has to, he's the king of Israel, king of Jerusalem, he has to leave because his very own son comes with an army to overthrow him and kill him, <laughs> steals all his wives, he has, to, he has to duck, I mean there is nothing new about family breakdown, nothing new, it's just a reality of us imperfect people living in an imperfect world and not living by God's ways and by God's will. That's why Jesus says, "When you pray," and this is for disciples. You know, like I said just now, we call it uh, the Lord's prayer, but really it's the disciples' prayer, because a disciple is somebody that follows Jesus, and this is what Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And he's saying, "This is how you need to pray: Our Father who art in heaven, recognizing that God is in heaven, He's here, and He's our Father. This is our family. We honor Your name, and we pray Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." And we've said that's because heaven's perfect, here isn't. But, you know, that doesn't mean, because we pray, God, your will be done on earth, that he's going to come with some whoosh, magic fairy dust, and it's all just going to be okay. We're going to have a brand new prime minister tomorrow. Sorry. Or, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the war in Ukraine is going to be ended, and there's going to be justice restored to earth. It, that doesn't mean it. John 1, uh, for, for you Bible scholars, Andrew, 1 John five fourteen 14 says that, If we ask anything according to god's will we know that he hears us and if he hears us we receive the the the, the prayers that we ask of him right so how does god answer this prayer when we pray god your kingdom come and your will be done on earth what is god saying to us well first of all what is the prayer the prayer is your kingdom come your kingdom come your kingdom come right what what is kingdom do if we understand what kingdom is, when, when the disciples asked Jesus, he said, the kingdom of God is among you. And he said, in fact, it's in you. What? How, how can a kingdom be inside of me? I'm just a person, right? So what is a kingdom? So, good question, Chris. A, qu- a kingdom yeah. is a place where a king rules and reigns, is not it? It's, it's, it would be the boundaries, the, the, the territory. The kingdom is the territory, the, 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 the land, the domain. Thank you, Sandy where a king reigns, where his will is done, where his word is law, right? So, the kingdom of God is in us, Jesus says. The kingdom of God comes to us, and it's a place where his will is done. So, how does God seek to answer this prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done. He teaches us to desire his way in the earth, but first of all, in our lives. First of all, in our lives. Because if we are children of God, if we are the family of God, In the kingdom, the rule and reign of Christ is in my life, because I am yielded to his will. So this, I am the kingdom of God within me. I am yielded to him. And so you know what? It's it's a wonderful thing. It's all about us. I mean, from kids, we always, always wanted to be all about me, right? It is all about me, but it's all about me changing. It's all about us changing. Your kingdom come, your will be done. First and foremost in my life. Before I go and tell somebody else how to live their life, let change come in my life. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done in me, in my life. And we do that by making quality decisions. You know, Jesus characterized his life by this that I don't live to do my will, but the will of the Father. And Gethsemane, he prayed that prayer of consecration Father, not my will, but your will be done. You know, I don't want to, I want to label this too much, but we all have a sovereign will. God has given us a sovereign will. That mean, and if sovereign, it means nobody else has the right to override that will. And God won't himself. Uh, the, the problem with witchcraft, we're, we're not, we're into, don't worry, we don't talk about that, but it's about overriding somebody else's will. It's about trying to force somebody to do something against their will. That's called witchcraft. God doesn't do that. And we as church, as, as, as human beings, as created in the image of God have been given one thing from the Almighty, and that is a sovereign will. We get to choose. As many as received him by their own sovereign will, he gave the right to become children of God. You have got a sovereign will. Do you know what? And if you doubt me, just, you know, come on. Look at, f- from, the, from the earliest age, look at, look at the, the terrible, your kids when they hit the terrible twos, and tell me they haven't got a sovereign will. Tell me they haven't got a will they want in their lives. You know, in fact, the, the mark of, of maturity is where we learn to yield our will to the greater good, we yield what 's good for us, and we, and in, in a Christian context, we start to live for the cause of Christ and not just for the cause of self. but you will notice that that children start becoming maturing at adults when they have what we call a social conscience when they start caring a little bit about the people around them and not just about themselves anymore so it 's that sovereign will that becomes yielded to the greater good. Are you still with me? Yeah. Cool. Not much longer left. Um, you'll be glad to know. Oh well, it could be. You we'll let's see. Okay, so now Galatians says that. Um, so why is this important, though? Why is this important? Okay, so Galatians we read there. Galatians 3:28 said that there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one, one family in Christ. Right. So although we are all one family in Christ, but nevertheless there is still Jews and Greeks, and there's males and females, there's all of us. We are all different, great diversity, uh, an eclectic gathering of people from all different backgrounds and all different places of our walk with God. If, like I say, salvation is true, it's instant, and if it's true that we, we, we are changed progressively for the rest of our lives, then we are all at different places in, in that process of being transformed into the image of Jesus. It takes time, so we're in different places. We come from different backgrounds. We, ha- we see life through a different cut lens. And, but, and, 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 and this is why it is so important to understand that change needs to happen inside of me. And that family is a, is a, is a, is a verb. Fam- family is something we, we do. It's about doing life together and working it out together because we are all very, very different. Proverbs 27, 17, Johnny. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron a friend so a friend sharpens a friend you know when iron sharpens iron you've got a, you've got the the the, the, uh, the the sharpening steel and you've got your your knife the reason that the, the the knife is sharpened is because the the sharpening steel is harder metal than the knife and it takes the rough edges it takes us rough edges off the knife and as, as we work out our salvation with god within the confines of a family so we, we're up against, we're brought together cheek and jowl with, with others who are very different to us, who have different life experiences, who are in different places. And we are learning to adapt, learning to get along, learning to, to understand where somebody else is coming from. And we're growing in the, in the, in the, in the process. And, and like that diamond in the rough that's just pulled from the earth like that, where it's all just ragged and, and dirty, whatever God is taking those rough edges off us. But in the confines of a family, this is the va- there is such value in family. But this is only happens when we live <coughs> the family life within the context of love. Within the context of love. It only happens within the context of love. Love covers a multitude of sin, doesn't it? Love is a cloak that, that, that protects us because none of us are perfect. But if we can walk in love, and I'm not talking doughy-eyed love. I'm talking Bible love. I'm talking love that is patient and kind. Love love that isn't envious when you get promoted ahead of me. Love that love that doesn't desire my own way, but but love that is rejoicing in the truth and, and wanting to see good for you, that kind of love, God's love. You remove that love as the foundation and family becomes a very different place. Revelation 2, verse 2 to 5 says, This is Jesus speaking, and he says, I know you know, he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, I know your works your labor your patience and that you cannot bear those who are evil good stuff you have tested those who say they're apostles and are not and have found them to be liars and you have persevered and you have patience and you've labored for my name's sake and haven't become weary come on this is a good church this is a good church that's doing this and then he says in verse 4 nevertheless nevertheless i have this against you that you have left your first love he says remember therefore from where you have fallen repent repent change direction get back in line else i will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent you this church doing everything spot on they are enduring they are living a righteous life they are they're hating that which is evil clinging to what is good but they've lost their first love that first love is christ that first love is jesus you see unless we unless we value jesus we're not going to value his ways is that right if we don't value his ways, we're not going to walk in his ways. We're not going to say, my way is more comfortable for me because I can just cut that person out of my life. I can, I can get even with them, whatever the case is. Your way is uncomfortable for me. It just says forgive them, love them, pray for them, feed them, whatever. So I'm going to stick with mine because I don't value you. I've lost my first love. Your ways aren't my priority anymore. They're not value in my life. And Jesus says, you cannot live like that. You're not it doesn't matter... How much good you do? You are taking found love away as the foundation of your family. Love has got to be at the foundation of the family, so that when you see your brother or your sister in need, whether there's a need of just of encouragement, in, in need of support, what, whatever the case might be, no matter even if you've had friction with them in, in the past, you know that iron sharpens iron. Sometimes there is a little bit of friction. Sometimes the sparks do fly, but we're family. It's still within the context of love and we still work it out over the period of time. None of us are perfect. We are all imperfect, but we work it out. It's just is not possible to agree with everybody all of the time. How can you? you? You can't. You can't agree with everybody all of the time. So we all see life differently and um, we all behave differently. Psalm so 133 and I'm coming into land very soon, so Hold on to your hats. Psalm 133, verses one, thri- one two, three says, Nah, it's not 133. Um, that's 33. We, we dropped it. We're dropped. we only 100 behind, that's cool. That's okay, I've got a check. But it says, 133 says, well, 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 well. There's somewhere here, Old Testament. How uh, good and how pleasant. Psalm 133, where are we? We got it, oh, well done, Johnny. Behold, behold. Behold, stop and look. Behold, look at this. How good and how pleasant. Not just how good and pleasant, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, to, for brothers, to live together in unity. Next verse. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down in the beard, the beard of Aaron, reaching down to the edge of his garments. Do we have verse 3? It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Okay, the point is this. is that the, it, it is a wonderful thing. When the church works together, when the church works well, the family of God, there's nothing better on earth when it works well. But it takes perseverance. It takes, it takes being a part of it. You know? And, and, and being humble enough to recognize that, that actually I'm not all it. You know, I'm not all that. I, I, I don't always get everything right. Sandy will tell you. You know, you might think, you know, Chris is perfect. Sandy will tell you I'm not, right? But it's about having some humility and recognizing that, that, you know, I'm not always right in everything, and I can learn from you, and we can learn from each other, and we can help each other, and we grow together, and it takes time, and it takes a maturity of letting go of what's just good for me, and seeking the, the good of the, of the common good for, for the greater good. I'm going to close with this. Um, Actually, no, final final thought really, just a final thought, is that we are on this lifelong journey of becoming like Jesus, which means that we are growing. We should be growing all the time. But that growing never happens without change. So we need to be changed. We need to embrace change. And so it's time that we stop praying, God, change my wife, and say, God, change me, or husbands, other vice versa. Yeah? God, change me. A couple of scriptures I can think of is he is without sin. Let him cast the first stone. What about the other one where Jesus said, you know, uh, why do you look at your brother and want to take out the speck from his eye when there's a, a plank in your own eye? First remove that log from your own eye and then you'll see clearly to help your brother take that out. So, we pray, God, your kingdom come, your way of life, let that become my way of life. Let that be my desire. And we will see and taste that which is good and perfect will of God, on earth. I'm going to close. I just wanted, I'm just going to read this prayer, this the, the Lord's Prayer to you. And I just want to, and, and, we will, and that will then will be the end. I promise you. Okay? Then we stop. Okay? So listen to this. While I, just, while I just read it out to you, and just think of it in context of Christianity. Is not about something that we tell others how to live their life, but Christianity is about something that touches my life and changes me. So think about it in this context. As I just I'm just gonna read it out to you. So in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy, we honour your name. Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Church, let's embrace God's kingdom in our lives. Let's, let's desire to, to, to know him better, to trust him enough to let go of our ways, to live by his ways. And we will see a change in our lives and in our families and in our communities. Amen.